The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Here is your host of Plant Profits, Bert Miller. Thank you, everyone, and thank you for joining us here again this week on Plant Profits. I'm Bert Miller with Protus Global, and my next guest company can be found in 22 territories across the United States and Canada. It has offices in Los Angeles, New York, and Toronto, and cannabis retailers and brands really look to this company to manage over $1 billion per year in wholesale orders. My guest is Ryan Smith. He is the CEO of LeafLink. Uh, a couple to do's here real quick. Uh, again, you can find me at Bert Miller PG. That is B-E-R-T Miller at PG. And you can look up uh, LeafLink Instagram at LeafLink, L-E-A-F-L-I-N-K underscore. And um, you can always um, find LeafLink at LeafLink.com. So Ryan, glad to have you. Welcome to Plant Profits. Thanks for having us, Bert. Absolutely. So if you would uh, take a moment and just uh, uh, maybe give us a quick overview, uh, a little bit about um, your company and, and the, the journey you've been on here over the last couple of years. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, kind of crazy. We're, we're heading into year four of LeafLink. But um, as you mentioned, I'm the co-founder, CEO here, here at the company. Um, and we started LeafLink, Zach Silverman and I, uh, really to try to solve a problem around B2B commerce, really streamlining how the supply chain operates for cannabis companies. We had this feeling that there were inefficiencies to, to improve and we wanted to bring you know, incredible software to the industry. We thought there was a need and that's kind of where it all got started when we began researching the, the space. No, that's great. And, and we will jump into really your technology. Uh, but I, I know before the show started, it kind of came up around the, the money scene, et cetera. And I think we ought to just kind of start there uh, briefly and, and more importantly, just kind of get your feel and thoughts around uh, the impact. And what do you think, you know, the, the money has bottled up a bit um, in terms of uh, drying up a little bit here in the, in the cannabis industry. What are your thoughts around that? Is that a long-term uh, issue? Is that a short-term issue? Is that just kind of a bump in the wrong road along the way? What are your thoughts overall? We feel strongly it's not a long-term issue. I mean, this is a, at its most basic a proven product that people, patients will purchase. Uh, the the real question is like there's there's obviously been a correction in a lot of the public you know Canadian markets and companies were overvalued and, and so. Part of you know something we always advocate for is the industry make going mainstream, maturing, being held to all the same um, you know standards that other industries are held to, and a lot of the valuations that we saw of public companies were really out of whack. And so I think this is just a, a correction, a very significant yep. correction for some companies. And then I think over time, whenever we hit the the bottom there, uh, it begins to build up again to like the more natural steady state of where it should be given how early a lot of these companies are. Yeah. And I think some of the companies, uh, Ryan, those who were a little bit ahead of the game in terms of treating their company like a business and running it like a, a business uh, are probably in best position to continue the, their uh, progress down the road versus those uh, just um, 
raising capital and running and gunning a little bit. Uh, although, yeah. So um, now we did, obviously some of this has affected some of the M&A deals that, that were, uh, that were out in front and were on the table. Um, certainly that's been an, an issue that's, uh, that this situation occurred. Anything that you felt from your standpoint, uh, uh, from what's been the biggest bottleneck uh, for your software that, or that, that it's actually solved in some of these cases? Related to mergers and acquisitions? Yeah, a bit. I mean, if, if you have you found any of any of the of the M and A and or or M and A or indoor the money yeah. drying up affecting your business? So we're really fortunate. You know, we're, uh, we're like I mentioned a B two B marketplace uh, for the space. We recently closed the Series B just about three months ago, led by Thrive. Uh, so it doesn't hasn't directly impacted us. I think to your point of companies being you know held up on a pedestal, the ones that are executing and building and really are not. You know, creating these ventures to be purely self-serving uh, mm-hmm. that, that goes a long way but I, I have to your point seen you know there there are there's trouble in the public markets that definitely overflows into the private markets there are decks pitch decks that I've seen circulating for quite some time now uh, for private companies and people are you know have a little have a, a little more a little more pause a little less excitement in the space just at the moment I think that will change but it makes it harder to raise private capital as well yeah no question. And so going back and taking a look, look at your product, you really kind of call LeafLink the, the sales force of Bud. Is that, from a technology perspective, is that who you look up to or look toward? Yeah, it's so funny. Like, I think <laughs> the first article that came out about LeafLink, it was on yeah. TechCrunch, and it, 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 used that, it used that phrase. I mean, we, we do have a CRM within the, the software platform within the marketplace, but really we see ourselves as a marketplace and every tool that we create, whether it's a CRM or inventory controls, data reporting or advertising, it really is all in service of this, the core hub, the core of the hub, which for us is our marketplace. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I yeah. wouldn't call us exactly the sales force of the industry. I think of us more as like the B2B marketplace. Yeah. And the more, the more, the more things that you do like this and you get out there and people interview it, everybody has an interpretation of what you say probably from time to time. Um, I think in, in some, somewhere along the way you've compared cannabis supply chain to the adult beverage world. What are your biggest takeaways that you feel how those two translate to, to one another? We've seen a lot of transactions by some of the largest, you know, mm-hmm. liquor beverage distribution companies in the space, uh, in the cannabis space. Right. I think a lot of that is based around like R and D and just really prepping for when the U.S. goes federally legal, if and when that happens. Um, and so I think a lot of the focus on drinks and beverages is just because that's the form factor that a lot of these more legacy traditional operators know, and so that's what they're comfortable sticking with. But there, there are parts also of the supply chain from liquor that I think, you know, shouldn't carry over. I mean, the fact that there's really three or four companies in all of the U.S. that uh, basically own that entire industry. You know, we a lot of that's based on three-tier distribution and things that came out of um, post-prohibition. But we hope for a more tech-first, you know, more competitive, um, a lot more like ground-up build stories for, for our industry that we can run more efficiently from the beginning. So it doesn't all need to be immediately centralized. Yeah, uh, great point. I, 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 I kind of feel from from my perspective, uh, and when you look at whether it, be, whether it be food and beverage or beverage companies or, or other CPG, uh, your thoughts 
least I feel this way. I, I feel the, the delivery of either cannabis, uh, THC and or um, uh, CBD products, the delivery to um, uh, that we use, the delivery systems we use, uh, being able to, you know, partake in that either as a beverage or an edible or we use it as a topical things of that nature, it seems easier to use and be able to consume in a, I guess, a more public forum than yeah. maybe, uh, you know, just hitting an old school flower. Absolutely. We've seen um, on LeafLink, you know, our edibles and ingestibles category on the marketplace grows month on month and pretty significant, um, pretty significantly. And, and even in, you know, we've seen this progression now as we're live in 23 plus states, as you mentioned earlier, you know, markets start with what they know with the simplest thing, usually agricultural products. And then margins get tight. People begin to build more CPG, THC infused products. And that's really a sign of the market maturing. Um, and so we see more and more of that as markets get older, uh, really market to market. It's an interesting progression to watch. Yeah, no, no question. Are you seeing any brands emerge? I mean, when I think of, I think of CPG or an even adult beverage, I mean, if somebody says Jack Daniels, you know what that is. Um, are we starting to see any, I mean, I know in the cannabis industry, we've seen a lot of different brands, depending on what quarter you look at. One brand is, you know, had great sales and the next quarter, you're going to have another brand. Do you see any brands that are starting to bubble up either on the THC or CBD side? It's the industry is still highly provincial. So right. people that are the largest brand in California, not necessarily the case in Nevada or, or Colorado. We last year released for the first time a LeafLink list, which ranks some of the you know best sellers, fastest growing companies, different categories on the marketplace. And we know we're starting to put together the one right now for, for next year, but there's no one brand that would show up usually across more than a state or two as a, as a large player. And I think it's just part of it's, I mean, it's very difficult to scale for brands in the space. It's not just as simple as shipping it across state lines. Like, as you know, you have to mm -hmm. ground up, build the facility, source all the product, uh, build a whole new team out. So it's, it's a really heavy lift and that's definitely slowed things down. We'll get there. But uh, it's hard to think of like who is the Jack Daniels right now. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's interesting time. So you you, you referred to the link uh, Leaf Link list uh, that you had in 2018, and uh, where you kind of chose to highlight different brands um, and categories. Was that was that goal? Was that an goal of education of the masses? What was that? That that was a part of it. We because we operate across one of the things I've learned over the last few years is there, there really are unique cultures, even state to state, uh, region to region on preference of product. And, and it's all coming from this one plant, but in so many different forms. And the list was a collection of like the findings that we are uniquely positioned to see and share, but also there are parts of the country, mainly I'm talking about the East coast here that really are two or three years behind the level of awareness of the West coast. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not as simple as just flour. It's not as simple as whatever, you know, mania is going on right now with, with vapes. There's a lot, much larger developed story to the industry. And so by sharing how robust the product offering and SKUs are and uses are for patients and, and, and just general, you know, retail consumers, I think it shows that the space is huge. It's here to stay. And it's, it's coming quickly for the states where they're not yet aligned with that as the, as the reality. Got it. Understood. 
All right, everyone, uh, please stay with us. We're going to jump to a commercial and we'll be right back with more Ryan Smith in just a minute. He is the CEO of LeafLink and we will be right back. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say Razzie Berry. We're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle, get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. I mean, that's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, lady marijuana llama, tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We're here with uh, we're here with Ryan Smith, the CEO of, Plant, of uh, Leaf Link, uh, here on Plant Profits. Again, you can uh, communicate with us, share your thoughts and ideas at hashtag Plant Profits. That's P H R O P R O P H E T S Profits. So let's just jump back in here with Ryan. Um, Looking looking forward here a bit, Ryan. What can we learn from from Canada? You know the trends, if you will, uh, from you know as a state. You know it is not as streamlined as they are here. So talk to me a little bit about Canada. A lot of excitement around Canada going federally legal. We're hearing now Mexico might be you know in hot pursuit. Right. Right. But the unfortunate thing is, like even when, and this is what we've seen up in Canada, even when it goes federally legal, there's so much regulatory work so much so many different competing interests that have to be accounted for and so the challenge in canada has been all right it's federally legal yeah you have all the different provinces and they're jockeying for different supply chain types different access points different ways you know you can buy and sell and, and create these products and they're still figuring out a lot of that i think the biggest challenge for canada has been 
Um, some of these provinces just began releasing uh, some of the first like data sets on how they've been selling. And it was pretty fascinating that the provinces in Canada that are running their supply chain pretty much completely by the government, it's government run, have really struggled to get to market and get the products out. And that's tough for the private companies that are using that government supply chain. And you have smaller markets like Saskatchewan that are just doing, I mean, there's challenges, of course, but they're really punching above their weight because it's private. There's a lot more private company involvement. People can come to market much faster. And I think it's, it's, it's somewhat similar to the state-by-state regulations we've seen in the U.S., but Canada has been slow to roll at best. And it's not, you know, it's not as many fast as everyone would like. No, it's interesting what you do when uh, people work together, meaning the entrepreneurs um, combining with governmental versus one uh, dominating the, the product. You know, if the entrepreneurs dominate, yep. then you have legislate, you have, you have things that may become a little more unregulated and, you have those issues written and you have the government too far involved and you have legislation. It's very, it's, it, it's very and, much a choking to the entrepreneur. Absolutely. Something we've been saying for a while is like, I don't know why regulators across states don't speak to each other more. Exactly. Cause they're doing, they're, 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 fat, they're fighting, you know, similar, similar challenges. Um, just, I think last week, uh, Cuomo and the governor of New York got together with regulators from Connecticut and New Jersey to really align on the how they're going to go f- legal next year, and so like that kind of cross-border conversation is super important um, because obviously the federal government's not going to step in to give that guidance. So states really have to take it upon themselves. No, and, prov- and provinces in Canada. No question that then that's smart. So let's stay with that in terms of you know states when they when they're passing recreational and or uh, various laws whether it be provinces or states or countries how does the legality affect neighboring countries or in this case uh, in, in the US affect neighboring states uh, in terms of when you think of tax money and or consumer uh, habits etc how does how how when things like that happen in countries or neighboring states how does that affect the the ones who have not yet made a move. It increases the pressure. Yeah. Definitely. No question. I mean, the thing that's that you can't deny is the, you know, popular opinion on legalization of cannabis has significantly increased over the last several years, um, well into the vast majority. And so I've, I've seen interviews with certain governors where they say, you know, they're asked if they're going to go legal next year. And I've heard a couple of them say, well, we have one or two bordering states that are already legal. So de facto, we already are, you know, we, it, we, we, you can't, can't back up from there. Like we already are basically going legal. Um, I think there'll be something very, I think Mexico and, and how if it goes federally legal there will be very, very interesting because you have to think about, I mean, the cartels down there, I'm sure cannabis mm-hmm. is one of their main products. If they can't sell it within, <laughs> if they can't sell it within Mexico, that could mean a really big problem, you know, up here and really could be that the, the cat, like the straw that breaks the camel's back on, we need to regulate it in the States and just really cut the cord on illegal transactions. Yeah, no question. So the um, the LeafLink, when I think of LeafLink and and look at your company, um, where do you actually go, Ron, for data? The, the really cool part about being the marketplace, you know, we've moved over $1.5 billion in transactions, right around $125 million a month, yeah. is that we have all these organic data 
that we have compiled and we really use right now to empower our clients to make smarter decisions and help them grow their companies. We're actually releasing um, next month a new data product. It's going to be called LeafLink Insights that we're going to be sharing with uh, you know, the LeafLink community. And that's one of the interesting things is like we are, we sit further back in the supply chain business to business transactions. And we've spent a lot of this year digesting and seeing how we can make that information more powerful for those who are LeafLink community members. Um, there's interesting things you could probably do further down the supply chain with B2C, but right now we work with what we have and you know how can we make that useful to the, to the space. Yeah, no question. And I'm sure that organic data, that, that's, it's even richer than, um, I guess, aggregated institutional data um, because it seems to be more in real time and, and what's happening out there. So if you if if you look at some of the data points that what are those data points you wish that were out there but don't see yet that would be really helpful um, to your client base? I think there would be, if there was more reporting around lab testing and lab results, I think right. it would create more, I don't know if enforcement's the right word by regulators, but just more awareness as to like the level of inconsistency across, you know, people could have one product, sell it, send it to two different labs and get different feedback. I really think we need to work and report on towards a more consistent lab structure, you know, reporting structure for those that are doing all the testing on these products that people are ingesting. Um, I think that would be a hard data set to get. I don't know if people would be open to sharing that, but definitely very important in keeping the supply chain safe, countering a lot of the other things that are happening right now. Um, I think that would be a, some interesting data to be able to pull together. Right. I'd like to jump in and, and talk about how the compliance testing will affect the supply chain. And we'll do that when we get back. Stay with us. We'll, uh, we'll be back here with Ryan Smith. He, uh, he is the CEO of LeafLink. And we'll be back in just a moment. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. 
Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. Uh, we are here with Ryan Smith. He is the CEO of LeafLink. And you can find LeafLink on Instagram at LeafLink underscore. Um, you can always reach out to Ryan. Uh, if you don't want me to tell, give your email, Ryan, stop me now. But I'm going to give your email. Uh, his company email is Ryan, R-Y-A-N, uh, dot Smith at LeafLink.com. So let's jump, jump right back in. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about uh, different ways uh, to push uh, the product and, and where the, the supply chains go. And I know uh, it, it took 10 years really for the B2C uh, e-com sales to move, um, you know, move retail sales and to really move the sales, uh, you know, you know, an average of about six points here in the U.S. As you look at tech enabled marketplaces, how are you able to, are you, are you staying with the B2B or are you looking um, of other ways to get your, uh, get products in the marketplace? Uh, I, I, you know, IE B2C, how's that playing for you? The B2C side of the of the cannabis space, I think, is, is, is super crowded. There's a lot of great providers there. Um, we are very focused here at LeafLink on the B2B marketplace. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it presents a really exciting opportunity that our team is really pumped up uh, to serve is, you know, there are not a lot of B2B marketplaces that exist in more legacy industries. And so you have these just inefficient supply chains that have worked the way, you know, the last generation, the generation before that have operated them. And one of the things that's exciting about cannabis is we're a startup. The industry is a startup. So many of our clients are startups. You have like inherently progressive tech first thinking people. And like, what can we build together uh, to really define versus disrupt this industry from the get go? And I think that's the B2B marketplace really has this underpinning foundation of the cannabis supply chain. And our goal is, you know, three, five years from now, other industries that have been around or at least have been above above the table longer than cannabis will look at the cannabis space and say, this is one of the most efficient supply chains that we've seen running on great technology. And we at least like want to be that 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 core that that helps us be that the industry be that. Got it. And do you feel that uh, uh, your technology is going to allow uh, for the streamlining of, of the order processes and the productivity for the industry? Absolutely. So like one of the things that we looked to solve very early in the company was, was this concept of, you know, if you're a purchasing manager or dispensary, you're probably meeting 30, 40, 50 different reps from different companies every couple of weeks. On LeafLink, you can see all of those companies' menus. There's over 1,200 brands. Mm-hmm. Create one unified cart, hit submit, and then the orders are sent out. We actually calculated that uh, the average purchasing manager saves about a day a week um, in, in time just by wow. using this, this, yeah, the service online versus fielding all the, you know, the inbounds chats, calls, text, emails. Exactly. That's, that's, that's amazing actually. So you, you just mentioned it, Ron, over 1200 cannabis brands, uh, really over 3000 cannabis retailers across, you know, what, 2022 territories in the U S man and in Canada. 
what's really next for you guys? I mean, you guys are growing, you're, you're offering up, uh, you're, you're, you're in a great space and you're playing a significant role. Uh, what else do you see for you guys? We, we've grown a lot. We, we do very strongly feel there's you know, so much more to do. One of the things that we've prioritized this year is, you know, if we were a marketplace for shoes, we could plug in PayPal or Stripe to enable payments. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, in the space, it's very, you know, not people don't have easy access to financial institutions. There's a lot of cash moving around. Right. And so uh, we recently launched LeafLink Financial, which actually allows companies to pay each other through the platform and have net terms really simplify their cash flow, their ARAP. And good for and, you. And just like everything else we built though, like we had a concept, but we spoke to the community and wanted to see what they needed. And that was first this ordering marketplace concept. And now we're building in, you know, other things people don't feel safe moving cash around. Cash gets lost. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of tracking issues and, and safety concerns. And so we wanted to alleviate that next and we think financial uh, really has begun running, which we're excited about. No, you should be excited. Uh, that good for you, and good for you to gather the data and and do the due diligence, and then deliver uh, deliver a product and a, a solution. So, congrats on that. Um, look, man, how can listeners get their hands on the retail cannabis purchasing guide uh, in terms of how they can learn more about your platform? Yeah, so if you go to uh, com, we have a, a whole resources section where you can download a number of case studies see the purchasing guide, wholesale pricing mm-hmm. guide, all these material we put together. Um, only place you could find it and obviously very, very powerful info to have. Yeah, no question. So let's let's turn a little bit to you. Um, according to your LinkedIn, Ryan, you speak Italian and Spanish both? Definitely stronger on the Spanish than the, than the Italian. Um, but yeah, I took, I took Spanish. I, I grew up speaking you know, Spanish at home a bit and, um, and then okay. Italian college. Yeah. Got it. And, and they have some similarities along the way. That Definitely gets, gets confusing if you don't practice. Exactly. Sure. Sometimes you, you want to speak Spanish and you start, you say, gracias, you say grazie. Uh, yeah, I usually default <laughs> the other way, but yeah. I totally know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, one of the things you did uh, in 2018 or your link, uh, LeafLink list, you guys highlighted Dosist uh, as, as, you know, as a top brand and also Warner Brands for their diverse leadership in the industry. Now, you know, Dosis is a client of Protus Global and Wanda Brands and Nancy have been on this show, which is kind of cool. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. You know, how important is diversity and inclusion for you as you build your company and your footprint in the cannabis space? Incredibly important. I think the one of the, when we're talking back around like the cannabis space being a model for other industries, I think some of these metrics are starting to weaken, which is unfortunate, but I, I do remember seeing that, you know, over 50% of the members or like the founders of cannabis companies were female a couple of years back. I don't know how that's, how that's fared, if it's gone up or I think it's probably gone down a little bit, unfortunately, but yep, yep. there's interesting things that we can build in with like, um, there's a few programs in, in California around, you know, empowering people that when they come out of prison, um, people that are typically disenfranchised. I think there's things that we could build into how our industry is operating from the ownership level, from the employee level, from the user level, that could be just something pretty incredible because we have this clean slate. Um, so it's, it's important here at LeafLink. It's important for, I know it's important for our clients. And I think that kind of echoes in how important the space feels it is. No, I appreciate that. Uh, guys, you're with Ryan Smith, the CEO of LeafLink. Obviously, very, very thoughtful. 
not to mention very ambitious. Ryan, this is your third business before 30. Talk to me about that. I mean, I've got three businesses, but uh, I'm almost double 30, man. Uh, so, so I mean, it's, it's, I, I, yeah, the, the first company I started was an, as an undergrad and I mean, in no way does it compare to like what we're doing or building here. Um, we sold this to some other students, second company, um, out of school, we, we exited to this, this public firm that, you know, wanted to internalize the software. Mm-hmm. I, I've never, I think the, the beautiful thing about Leafling is like, I'm more excited every day when I wake up and it really hasn't, it's just intensified. I think there's something unique about what our team is building here the timing on the space, the, the space is so dynamic and changing so quickly and interesting that it doesn't, it never really get, it never gets old. So I love that. And this is the richest, you know, you know, it's the best experience so far. And I'm very grateful for that. No, and I push, appreciate the humility. And the funny part is, is that you, you can, you kind of uh, glossed over what you did in college and it wasn't maybe uh, for lack of a better term, a, a real company like what you're building today, but that probably, uh, had a long-lasting effect and helped setting the foundation for what you are doing today. Yeah, I Ryan, like myself, from like eight eight years ago, would probably disagree with that statement now. But when I'm learning so much, the team here is learning so much together, and that's powerful. No, it is. Um, anything you would like to share with us before we uh, wrap this thing up, man? No, I think we touched on. A, I think we touched on a, a lot of important things. I think 2018 or 2020 is going to be a really powerful, impactful year for the industry. There's a lot of states that are going to be coming online. And I think it's important for people to really speak up about how we know the majority of population feels and continue mainstreaming the industry and the plant in the space. You know, just like the NFL, you know, bold predictions. What's your bold prediction for 2020? I think 2020, Florida, New York, and New Jersey go legal. Um, And then I think if because and I, this will be the, the crazier one because ridic- more ridiculous things have happened. But we really could be we live in a world where like there could be we could be a tweet away from a completely different dynamic on on regulations in the space federally. And that's something for us all to, like, you know, track, obviously, pay attention to. Yeah, that, that is definitely a bold prediction, no doubt. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, Ron. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Yeah, Brett, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And so you can, you can go to LeafLink. Uh, you can follow them on Instagram at LeafLink underscore. And thank you for joining us, everyone. You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com. Uh, you can also subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Uh, you can also follow Protus Global through our social network, including LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, find learn more about who we are and how we're building companies and changing lives along the way, uh, especially in the cannabis space at protisglobal.com. That's P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Until next time, cheers. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.